When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. It's Monday, July 25th, and you are going to hear a ton, a ton of noise here. I am in New Jersey. I am using a just a room microphone, so you will be hearing um, dogs, parents, the whole shebang. Um, but uh, yeah, I made the drive up Friday. My apologies for missing uh, what seemed to be a rather large um, uh, miss on Snapchat, and, uh, all of the other kind of, uh, the other, uh, sorry, I'm logging in the other things that happened on Friday. I mean, Snapchat essentially took down the market. Um, the market was, uh, poor on Friday. Um, I missed, I think I tweeted out or I sent on, uh, Instagram, um, the market. I, I just, I uh I wound up missing my opportunity to trade um, on Friday. Uh, a fairly significant move. Uh, portfolio was down 1.5 percent. The Dow. Um, I'm kind of working on my laptop, and that's why you're going to hear a bunch of noise here. Um, but I wanted to talk about a couple of things. Snap took down everything. Uh, I will tell you that in my mind, Snapchat is one, maybe two quarters um, later than Facebook. And Facebook is coming up. Let me see. I wrote down all my earnings. Facebook is coming up on Wednesday uh, with podcast favorite Qualcomm as well. Um, and I think Snapchat coming down. Uh, we'll find out from Google tomorrow the earnings. But in the social media space, I think Google will be a bellwether to tell us whether Snapchat was an outlier, like Facebook was an outlier in the first uh, quarter. When you look at Facebook and you look at that, I'm gonna look at this um, meta chart here, um, so that I'm, it's trading at 170. And like I said, anything under 200 in my mind in this one is a buy. We would be out of this one, no, we'd be in this one at 169.98. It rode all the way up to 183, and now it's down to 170. This is because of Snapchat. Again, it, it crashed. When you look at the long-term chart of this one, there is an enormous gap here right after first quarter earnings in February. And what happened was Facebook said, hey, we didn't do the iOS changes as well as we could have. Uh, in that case, Facebook wound up just dropping. When you look at Snap on Friday, that's what you're seeing. When you look at Pinterest, um, the reason Pinterest did not go down on Friday as much as the rest of the social media is because of Elliott management. Um, you did get out of Pinterest if you were in it. I don't think it, I personally wasn't telling anybody to be in it. But your uh, your earnings are coming up August 1st after the bell. Um, but if you were in Pinterest, you probably should be out. Uh, but Elliott management, a, um, a group 
is in there trying to extract value from it. So it's probably going to hover between 20 and 25 for quite a while. Um, but I did miss, miss that one. Um, I missed liquid natural gas in the U.S. is at $8. In Europe, it's at $50. Uh, the one play on liquid natural gas that you want to play is a company called uh, Chenier, and it's LNG. Sorry, I had to pause that one. The dog is sitting at the door. Uh, LNG, let's look at the algorithm for this one. Uh, LNG Chenier. Um, the algorithm is, do, 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 let's run. Uh, you'd be in at 128, you're at 134 right now. Um, the earnings are coming up August 3rd. Uh, let's see, let me hover on this one. Uh, August 4th pre-market. So it was August 3rd was when we have to buy it. But August 4th pre-market. Um, again, you'd be in at 128 on this one uh, right now. It, it's had a run. It's at 134. I don't think you're going to see a tremendous amount. Um, let me go into Finviz because I think they have a, um, a dividend as well. The dividend is 0.98, so it's not huge. Their forward PE is nine. Um, this is one where November 21st, uh, 1st, November 21, uh, so last year, Mizuho, uh, a 122 price target. That was the last analyst to put it up there. So there's an article um, from Zacks about oil energy this year. Um, U.S. net gas futures jump 5%, five weeks higher on higher forecast from Reuters. Uh, there's a bunch of articles on Finviz about this if you want to do it. Again, this one's running hot. Uh, in March, it was um, at about the 100 level. So you're about 30% up where you were from March. And, and remember, March was big move. Um, forward. That was the big one where it got a huge move up. Uh, but that that's LNG. And again, in the natural gas, you want to look at boil. Uh, let me look at boil real quick in uh, Active Trader Pro. Um, boil is at up to 87. Uh, I think I believe I said, hey, this one's going to 90. Um, let's see in the algorithm you would be in. I know you'd be in Boyle. Boyle was huge. Um, I think it was 40 Boyle that were in it. Uh, and you're at close to 90 now. Uh, 44 <laughs> on July 7th. So you are now July 25th, you know, what? 14 days later, two weeks later, you've doubled your money from 44 to 90. Um, there's no stopping Boyle. Uh, I kind of see, you know, again, when you talk about confirmation, um, it's above the nine day, it's above the 21 day. Uh, the 200 day is moving positive. The 50 day has started to move positive. So when you talk about trading the trend, Boyle is one. Um, Eduardo wanted me to talk about, by the way, what things are important when you look at stocks? Um, and my, my kind of uh, guidance to Eduardo was, hey, you don't look at what's important. You kind of need to develop your own style. And what I mean by that is it's important to uh, develop 
okay, I look at my algorithm, I look at uh, Finviz, I look at the PE, I look at where they are uh, in relation to 52-week highs and lows, I look at volume levels, um, then I go to Active Trader Pro and I say, okay, where should I trade this one? And so in my mind, I think what you really need to do is develop a style like that. You can copy my style, you can find out what's important for you, but uh, what are the important things that you look at? And, and again, there's a debate on Wall Street about what's good. Is it a technical trading style? Is it a fundamental trading style? Do I go for value? Do I go with growth? You know, all of these things kind of play in. So uh, when you're talking about value, remember it's under 17 on the S&P uh, for their PE. That's considered value because 17 uh, PE is what traditionally the S&P has averaged. So anything under that is considered value. Um, anything over that is considered growth. You're paying for growth. Um, the, the, the PE kind of determines that one. And there are traders, there are you know, hedge funds that go with value. There are hedge funds that go with growth. There are hedge funds that do a hedging strategy. Um, do you want to look at uh, you know technical, whereas you look at charts? Um, some people say charts are completely useless and mean absolutely nothing. Um, do you want to look at the 52-week high and low? Do you want to look at volume? Uh, you, the one thing I will tell you that my style kind of depends on is trade the trend. And if you are trading, you trade the trend. Now, I say all of that. What do you do if you're investing? Well, you buy it. You just buy it. I, I, you know, again, I had people all last week asking me, what stock would you buy? Um, you know, it looks like we may have turned a corner. Well, I, in my opinion, we haven't turned a corner. Have I added to my long-term uh, portfolio? A little bit. Not much because I didn't get rid of my long-term portfolio. Even with the downturn, did I mismanage it? Eh, who knows? Again, your IRA your, and, and your Roth, your IRA, your 401k, you really don't have tax implications in those trading areas. Um, in your brokerage portfolio, you do have tax implications. So there's some additional things you have to worry about other than just trading. And I would say... Uh, I have made significantly far more money by buying and holding than I have from trading. And trading gets me around. It makes me feel good. It's giving me something to do. But, uh, you know, if I had to tell somebody who had a full-time job and they enjoyed their job and they wanted to do that, what should you do? You buy and hold. Uh, I told a 17-year-old the other day, hey, just buy Google. Don't worry about it. You know, is it going to go from, let's look at Google and the algorithm, because that was hit on Friday um, with all of the, uh, the, the, the Snapchat news. Let's look at Google and in the algorithm, you are out. It got you in for one candle, but you are out. You're trading at 108. Um, you know, do I think it, it'll go under 100? Maybe. I mean, you know, their, their earnings are coming up on Tuesday. Um, if they announce something like Snapchat did where, hey, iOS is killing us, uh, remember Google has Android. So, but their, their, their main bread and butter is that ad revenue. So, um, you know, but what would I tell somebody, uh, two years from now when the stock is trading at 300, are you upset that it traded at 108 versus 115 where the algorithm got you in $7 per share? Probably not. 
even though it's a fairly large percentage today, uh, you know, two years from now, is it a big percentage? In my mind, no. Again, Google, Apple, Microsoft, Meta, um, you know, those those bellwethers of the tech industry, Apple, uh, you know, I, I've, I've mentioned it many times before, Apple is the biggest, by far the biggest portion of my, um, my portfolio. So I, again, Eduardo, develop your style, uh, make sure that you just, um, you know, you can copy anybody you want. You can copy Warren Buffett. Uh, you could copy um, Bill Ackman. You could copy any of these guys. And again, you want to read up on some of the titans um, of, of, of hedge fund investing. Lee Cooperman, Leon Cooperman is a great one to look up. Uh, look at his investment strategies. Um, these guys have made billions of dollars. And my strategy is not unique whatsoever. It's just a mix. It's mine. Um, but I will tell you, I have been far more successful in buying and holding than I have been trading. If I had traded Apple for the last 30 years, uh, there's no way I, I'd be still nine to five working as a product manager. So um, that's one thing. Uh, Tesla. <laughs> so you guys know, I, I, I do drive a Tesla. The, the trip up here from Atlanta to New Jersey, it cost me about 70 to $75 in charging fees. Um, the gas prices, so you know, have fallen um, for the last, I think two or three weeks, they've fallen. The $70 in charging fees, uh, at $4 a gallon, I estimated it out, would be about $120 in gas. So I am saving money with the charging fees, but I will tell you that $70 in charging fee was probably $30 at this point in time last year, two years ago. Uh, energy has just been crazy as far as the cost of this, uh, you know, the, the, the inflation and uh, nuts. So I was reading about, okay, where can I get some yield um, in the energy sector? And one that came up was, and I'm looking at my notes, K, um, KMI, Kinder Morgan. And the reason Kinder Morgan came up was I was reading their article about <clears throat> what's the energy por uh, company that I'm going to put in for the last half of the year. Well, this particular person said, hey, KMI is the one. And the reason KMI is the one is because they're in liquid natural gas. Um, and they basically have pivoted towards, okay, we're going to give you close to a 7% dividend. It's 6.7% yield. Um, and that ex-dividend date is coming up, by the way, on July 29th. So you have to hold the stock there. They just announced their earnings, um, $0.27 cents per share. Uh, it was a earning surprise, 0%. So it was right on. This is a company that will give you not the huge growth. Um, when we look at, I'm going to put this into Active Trader Pro so I can look at the 52 week high and low. 52 week high, and the symbol is KMI. Uh, KMI. The 52 week high is 20, and that was just set on, on June 8th, which was the high for most energy. Uh, the 52 week low is 15. So you've got a trading range there that is super, super small. You've got a 6.29% dividend yield at the $17 mark, um, which is what, you know, essentially uh, Fidelity tells me. So it's trading at $17.86 right now. Um, again, the, the key point is 
you are not going to grow your share price. This is a pure dividend play, but they have done some management restructuring. They've done some debt restructuring, and it is a significantly, quote unquote, safe play, especially as we're going into the, the, the energy months of the winter where you have heating oil, blah, blah, blah. Again, if Europe needs liquid natural gas, Kinder Morgan is probably in that. If you didn't want to uh, do just the dividend yield and you wanted to get into a growth strategy, again, this goes to uh, Eduardo's question. If you wanted to get into that, you'd go with probably Chevron uh, or ConocoPhillips. So Chevron symbol is CVX. We've talked about it here a lot. Um, CVX in the algorithm has you a buy at 136 as of July 18th. Uh, you're trading at 144, so it's not way up there. Gas prices are up about 1% in the pre-market. Um, the other one that you may want to look at for growth, again, you know, their earnings are coming up. Chevron is coming up Friday. Um, Chevron and Exonix, by the way. Both of those, um, if you watch CNBC at halftime, Jim Labenthal, he just bought Exxon. He said, hey, do I think it's going to go down? I don't know. He goes, but for the long term, I'm, I'm here for the dividend. Um, here for um, you know the, the, the solid uh, company that's growing into the future. Again, they have earnings that's coming up on Friday. These guys are going to just blow dollars out of the water. They're probably going to say, hey, we cut costs and we increase revenues. That's what happens when oil sells at a huge, huge profit? The algorithm has you in as of July 8th at $86.95. You're trading at $87. Uh, you know, again, that's a that's a great, great kind of oil stock if you don't want to go with the uh uh the the kind of tried and true kinder morgan hey we're going to make seven percent uh cop conoco phillips is another one that was suggested in this article and conoco phillips has seen a huge downturn here the algorithm has you in at 87.53 um there's a gap between 84 and 82 that was recently on the way up um, it may come back to that, but it's at 88. Their um, earnings are next week, August 3rd. So again, the algorithm has you in that. The algorithm has you in in a lot of oils. But Eduardo, that's kind of my thing is, hey, what do you want to do? Do you want trading style? Do you want value? Blah, blah, blah. Sorry, I had to pause it. Dogs were, uh, were crying. But Eduardo, there's your answer for that one. A long way with some stocks in particular talking about it. Um, talking about Tesla and energy, Tesla's going crazy. Tesla should not be at this, this, uh, this level. And I say that being a Tesla owner, Tesla stockholder, I sold half my lot. I told you guys at $750 because I didn't think it was going up this high. It's at 817 right now. It's trading in pre-market up almost 2% at 828. They're announcing that they're opening up their charging network here in the US and they're trying to get some government subsidies for that. Um, because again, uh, here's one, one, one of the issues. Again, when you just deal with this with electric cars, it's not, you know, if, 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 if you don't have patience, if you don't have the ability to kind of um, just deal with things as, as the flow grows, it goes, and if if you get angry at every little thing, electric car probably isn't for you. I pulled into a, um, in Washington, D.C., it took me down to this mall. Uh, that was about a half mile off the freeway, but if you've ever driven in Washington, you know it's just a headache no matter where you go. It took me off, 
um, went down there, plugged in the car. It was only getting, I think it was um, 25 kilowatts or something. It was uh, maybe 100 or so, but I remember it was charging at about 40 miles per hour. Um, it typically charges at 1,000 miles per hour when it's low, and I only had about 60 miles. And so it was clear that charger, which was a heavy, heavy use charger, there were tons of people using it. Um, it was going to take me 45 minutes to charge. So while all those chargers were full, I had to go find a new place, but I only had about 50 miles worth of charge left on the car. So got back in my car, took me all around DC down by the Capitol. And then it said, Hey, um, I know you spent an hour in traffic trying to get to this charger, but I'm going to reroute you to one in Baltimore. And it took me to a charger in Baltimore where everything was fine. Nothing bad, blah, blah, blah. So, um, but they are opening up their chargers. I will tell you the only charging uh, issue that I had was that one, uh, just in Washington, D.C. And when you get into cities and you are charging along the freeway, it does tend to get a little crazy sometimes, specifically California. If you're a Tesla owner or a driver in California, you know there are long lines sometimes on holidays, holiday and driving weekends. Um at the superchargers. They have done their best. And again, as as the, the cars have grown faster than the charging network has been able to grow. And that's because the US is just behind that. Tesla has sold way to way more cars. And again, if you drive a Ford EV, if you drive a GM EV, if you drive a Porsche EV, uh, an Audi EV, you don't have a proprietary charging network. You have just the American charging network which is absolutely horrific. I will tell you, I've, I've driven into these Electrify America. Um, they're spotty. The cars don't know when they're down. Um, like I was driving in Tesla, the car told me, hey, there's 12 stalls, but 3C, stall 3C is down for maintenance. Um, and uh, eight of the other ones are being used. So it, the car tells me that. Um, in a Ford, in a GM, cars doesn't tell you that. It'll lead you right to the charging network and the charging network may be down for maintenance. Well, what are you going to do? You got to sit there and you got to find another charging station. So, and the car won't always tell you, hey, there's another charging station around. You need plug share. You need a better route planner. You need something else. So again, personally, that's why I think Tesla is a great investment. I still don't understand why it's up at this level. Um, you know, their earnings weren't fantastic. Their demand isn't fantastic. Um, the car, I will tell you, I, I when it, I was talking to my friend and I looked to um, a resell, trade in my car to Tesla, they're offering me $50,000 for my freaking car. Wow. Wow. I mean, I paid $65,000 for it four years ago. Tell me another car manufacturer or an ICE vehicle that holds his value like that. Um, it's, it's crazy, crazy good. Uh, oh, and by the way, does anybody, anybody care that Elon had an affair with uh, Sergey Brin's wife? No. I'm, I'm, the Wall Street Journal is trying to drop, drop articles about, you know, again, you put Elon's name in an article and the news coverage is, is fantastic. And so they can sell more. Um, there we go. Okay. Uh, oh, another thing that Igor, um, Eduardo wanted me to look at. SIGA, S-I-G-A, and it's kind of, um, it's interesting. There's been some 
some rumors of this one having a monkeypox vaccine, but it's been running up and running down. Now, this company's not making money. Their lowest earnings, they lost one cent per share. Um, so I, I will tell you, this is a, a, a prey, one of these, this is GameStop. This is AMC. This is just like one of those, but you've been rewarded because the algorithm um, on April 29th uh, got you in at $6.81. It's trading at $12 right now. So you've doubled your money with only two additional positions, one of them being a loss. You would be out of this stock right now. And the reason is that MACD is just crossing down. Now, the RSI is at 41. Uh, let's see what it's trading at in pre-market. Uh, if you wanted to trade this one, uh, this is not one that I would tell you, hey, buy and hold. This is one that I would tell you, get in, get out, wait for its confirmation. It absolutely 100% um, SIGA. Uh, I was looking at SIGI. SIGA. Uh, this morning, it it's trading crazy um, on a five-minute chart. Um, yeah, it's trading nuts. Uh, let me just move this down a little bit. Um, on a five minute chart, let me go to one minute. Uh, does it have confirmation? It does have confirmation above the nine and the 21. Uh, it's just above the Bollinger Bands. Um, it went from 1420 up to about $16 right now. Um, it is trading. The bid is fifteen seventy five. The ask is fifteen seventy eight. <clears throat> the fifty two week high is fifteen seventy nine. The fifty two week low is five forty eight. So it's right at its fifty two week high right now. Trading volume for the ten days is six million. Ninety days is seven million. There is a rumor that this has a monkeypox vaccine. So uh, if Eduardo knew about it, <clears throat> other Wall Street bet people know about it. The market has it priced in. Again, the market has it priced in. <clears throat> its P-E ratio right now is 13.62. So um, it's got 10% short against it. Um, yeah. Why Revelation Biosciences is trading higher? Um, this is one that I saw too. This is RevB. Uh, RevB, yeah. If you want to see this one, um, let's see, RevB. Uh do, 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 do. Uh, RevB rose 115% to $1.40 in pre-market trading after the company announced that primary endpoint was met in a study for its treatment of allergic rhinitis. I have no freaking idea but that what that is. But this one uh, closed at $0.65 cents on Friday. It's at $1.24. I saw this one um, uh, crazy. Sega rose 16.8% to $14.21 in pre-market trading after the WHO declared monkeypox a public health emergency. Other monkeypox-related stocks also moved higher. Again, Sega Technologies, I would tell you trade it, don't own it, Sega Technologies, but that's one for our Eduardo. Again, I tell people trade that one, trade it on confirmation, scalp the hell out of it, wait for um, confirmation. You can trade it on a five-minute chart, a one-minute chart. I, you know, with those kind of jumps, I just would not put long-term money into that. Um, let's see. Oh, all-time highs. Um, Dow is year-to-date. Dow is down 13.7%. Nasdaq is down 17.8%. 
I'm sorry, the NASDAQ is down 27%. The S&P is down 17.8%. That's off of its 52-week highs. And that's significantly better than where we've been. Um, one that I saw that was uh, really good, Tinto. Or I'm sorry, I think it's Rio. Rio Tinto. Um, this is a mining company. They are up at 5927 we talked about this one in the, um, let me bring it up, uh, in Active Trader Pro. I talked about this one. I think it was in the low 50s. Um, yeah, it was. The algorithm has you in at 57. This one went all the way down to 52. And I noticed it because it's at 59 in the pre-market. Um, this one and um, uh, Freeport McNamara, FCX. Both of these are commodity kind of uh, companies where they, they mine. Uh, Rio has a um, significant uh, sexual harassment scandal. Uh, Freeport does not. Freeport just reported their earnings. You would have gotten in Freeport at 29.18 way back on July 7th. You're trading at 27 right now. This one went all the way down to $25, $24.80 um, back on July 14th. But you'd still be in it. Uh, it hasn't gotten you out. That that MACD has been just bouncing off the, the strike line. I probably wouldn't buy it today. I wanted to bring it up because it is, um, you know, a lot of these uh, commodity miners are kind of jumping, just bouncing off. Um, there's an interesting thing. I, I was reading an article. Gold is at 1700 today. Traditionally, gold has been a hedge against inflation. Inflation is at an all-time high right now. Not an all-time high, but 11%, 12%, whatever number you want to look at. Um, uh, inflation is crazy high. Gold should probably be at $2,300. It's at $1,700 right now. Um, that's where it was five years ago. So if you had uh, invested in gold five years ago, uh, if you invested in gold last year, you'd be down. Uh, if you invest in gold earlier this year, you'd be down. And it's a hedge against inflation. Well, why is that? The article I read just didn't know. It, it said, hey, it's trading with Bitcoin. If you look at Bitcoin, right along the same thing, it's not the, the moves that Bitcoin has. There's a higher percentage that Bitcoin is down, up, whatever. Um, but you do have a, a, a significant correlation between Bitcoin and gold. And is gold down because people have moved their money out of gold and other commodities that have been traditionally a hedge into some of the crypto space? Um, you know, if you'd think that it'd be going back into the, the commodity space like gold, silver, copper, blah, 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 it hasn't. It, the money just hasn't. So where's that crypto money going? Who knows? Um, but again, I wanted to bring up Freeport. I wanted to bring up gold. I wanted to bring that because I'll be watching that throughout the week. Um, podcast favorite Zim, which I've traded, I think once or twice. I didn't get that big $17 dividend that uh, I think Tom had and a few other people who had messaged me got. Um, but the algorithm has you in on this one at 43.64 and it's way back here on July 7th. There is a gap between 42 and 43, but this one is up in pre-market. Let's go to Active Trader Pro and put in Zim. Um, Zim is up at 
and I'm going to go to a two day chart so I can see it. Um, it has been sliding, but today it's up in pre-market. Um, again, it slid on Friday, it looks like, from 49 down to 45. And there is a gap here on the long term. When I look at the Active Trader Pro, um, again, a four-hour window, there's a gap here between 42 and 43. In my mind, I think it was going towards that, but it seems to have bounced off for some reason. It hasn't hit that one. Uh, their earnings are coming up again on August 16th. Shippers have had a tough time of late, um, and there's a lot of different reasons. The algorithm performance makes you 73% in this. The buying and holding gets you 301%. It, this one is still one that has run. It's, it's like every other shipper. It's just run crazy. Um, TQQQ, we talked about this one. Be ready for um, you know to trade these kinds of things. Um, TQQQ, SQQQ, SPXU, um, all of those types of things you trade on a day basis. TQQQ I wanted to bring up because even with Friday's downturn, uh, this one, the algorithm has you in at 27. It is above 30. So you've made your 10%. Again, as long as you close and you make your 10%, in my mind, don't be greedy. Get your money out, take your 10% profit, wait for a pullback on this one. The performance chart on TQQQ, just so you know, the algorithm still has you in. It doesn't have you out, but it still has you in. The algorithm performance on this one makes you 28%. For a thousand candles, you were in 24 positions. The average win is 15%. That's why I like this one so much. The average win is over 10%. The average loss is 7%. So, while I think there's a there's a good chance that this one, um, you know, while we we kind of see it going up, I do think there's a chance we pull back this week. Again, you have earnings. Uh, one of those big bellwethers turns in bad earnings. Boy, that Nasdaq is going to fall, and this TQQ is triple levered. So take your uh, take your uh, lumps with this one. UCO oil is up, and I think UCO in the algorithm had a buy. Um, let's see, UCO in the algorithm is, do, 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 it's waiting for it to pull up. Uh, 35.05 is your buy level. You're at 35.48 right now. So you do have an opportunity to uh, get in here where the algorithm kind of told you in, but the MACD is probably going to cross down. I, you know, if, again, if you're looking to buy this one on a multi-day level, I'd say wait. The algorithm gets you 79% versus buying and holding makes you 355%. That's just because oil has been on a crazy, crazy tear. The average win on 1,000 candles gets you at 27 positions. 10 of them were winners. The average win is 22%. So you can see energy has just been a crazy, crazy um, uh, thing, uh, commodity here. Um, Ten-year and other treasury notes are coming down, by the way. That, to me, indicates when the Fed starts raising rates, we're going to see the markets just go down. <clears throat> uh, as long as the bond rates will go up, then the markets will go down. That's essentially what you see. Um, Roshni. Uh, I have to talk about Roshni now. Roshni is my hero. She is a diplomat in Indonesia. And... Um, I am such a fan uh, when she wrote me a, a note on Instagram about who she is and, and things that she does. She asked me to look into two stocks um, because she uh, is in Indonesia, which is the uh, home of nickel. 
And she says she's worked with a lot of these uh, auto companies who are looking for their EV transition to batteries. Nickel, so you guys know, is a big um, EV play. She asked me to look at NEO. And NEO is one that I've traded years ago. God, I remember trading this one at probably $2, $1, somewhere in that neighborhood. <clears throat> and the Chinese government essentially... Um, you know, they were fears of going bankrupt. And I think this was around 2020. Let me look at a weekly before I bring in the algorithm on this one, because I think it was around one or two dollars. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. Around 2020, around the um, I was trading this one um, in in March of 2020. I was trading this one. It was at two dollars. Um, it went up to three dollars, went up to four dollars. And essentially, I was trading this one on a daily basis. And I got out of this one, I think, with a profit at $3. And I said, I don't think it's going to go up. Boom. Chinese government steps in. And you see this one go all the way up to $70. I think it went, yeah, $66.99, uh, January 2021. So I got out at $3. <laughs> um, yeah, that's how good my trading was. I just... Again, and I think I told Roshni this, I don't trust the Chinese government. Now, what NEO has going for it is NEO is a battery swap. So essentially, you can pull in and you can battery swap your car. Uh, they have these stations where you pull in. Rather than recharging, you get a new battery. And it's on a lease basis. So you do pay for the lease of the battery. Um, it's an interesting model. Let's run the algorithm to see where we are today. Uh, you're trading at about $19. I've been watching this one for a little bit. Um, I would say $20 is your pivot point on this one. Your 200-day is right at about $19.23. You're trading at $19.25 right now, I think, is where it closed. The algorithm makes you 91% on this versus buying and holding only makes you 66%. Now, um, the average win is 24%, so I do like this one to trade. The RSI right now is way down at 35. Um, God, Roshni, you may have triggered onto something here. Let me look at um, Active Trader Pro. Again, I don't trust that this is kind of like BABA. You guys know I've lost a ton of money in BABA. Um, China denies researching any delisting survival plan. Um, buh, 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 buh. The Financial Times reported had said the system would help some of the U.S. listed Chinese companies like Alibaba, Neo, Tencent come into compliance with the U.S. regulatory. Chinese securities regulators refuted media reports that said the regulator is planning for a three-tiered system to help Chinese companies avoid potential USD listing to a statement to CNBC. Um there was a Financial Times report that said Xi Jinping government is preparing a system to separate U.S. listed Chinese companies into three groups based on their data sensitivity level. So again, I don't trust the Chinese government. This is one that's probably going to get hit up and down. Uh, again, I think your your price point here is between nineteen. If you want to invest in this one, or between twenty, you know, above and below twenty, just like I said for Tesla, I think their price point is seven hundred. Um, it's getting higher just as, as we go up, but I, I still wouldn't buy here just because the valuation of Tesla is a little crazy. Uh, but I think Neo is one of these that I would probably look at, uh, getting into below 20, uh, right now it doesn't have any support. 
Its 52-week high is from August of last year at 46. 52-week low was just in May, May 12th at 1167. It's trading at 1924. It's on its way down. It's at 1899. Uh, I think you could buy this one. And I, I, you know, again, I don't want to say buy it today because you could easily go back down to those $11 levels. Um, you could easily go back up to the $46 level. That the the risk is what you take, but I think you you could day trade this one between seventeen and twenty for a nice twenty percent gain. Uh, I think today is not a day to buy it. I think that that Financial Times report kind of scares the hell out of me, to be honest with you. But I think that's one. Uh, when you look at this one in Finviz, um, when you look at Neo and Finviz, you can read all of the the news reports that come out based on this one. Um, again, year to date performance. 39%. You don't have a PE. This company is not making money. And even if they said it was making money, I don't know that you can trust that it's making money because it's from the Chinese government. And that's why the U.S. wants to delist it is because the Chinese government basically says you can, uh, they could manipulate a public company to say that they're profitable even when they're not profitable. And that's what I found even before all of this kind of delisting from the SEC came in uh, years ago when I was trading it in 2020. Essentially, what drove it from two dollars to um, you know up to sixty and seventy dollars was the Chinese government basically picked a winner and they said, "Oh, Neo is going to be the winner. We're going to put a bunch of money into them." Uh, whether they put a bunch of money into them or not, I just don't know. But that was my problem with Neo and, and Roshni. Hopefully, I explained it correctly. I, I do think that you have a, a unique uh, view into this market. And again, if you wanted to trade nickel, I think you could trade nickel. I think there's a bunch of companies. Maybe I'll look into that for you. Uh, but there's a bunch of companies that mine, trade, and, and operate in the nickel space that might be better for you. But uh, maybe the, that's your next one. SGML. I don't know this one. Sigma. Sigma, oh, this is lithium, uh, engages in the exploration and development of lithium deposits in Brazil. Holds 100% interest in the Grotto de Cerilio. Uh, I am just going to butcher some of these uh, Latin names here. Um, but uh, Sigma, <clears throat> lithium, uh, their forward PE is 5, which I think in the lithium space is rather high. Performance year-to-date, they've made 44% year-to-date. So this is one that, um, yeah, this is a crazy, crazy one. Uh, it's in mining. It's Brazilian. I like that. Um, let's look at the algorithm real quick. Uh, SGML. Again, the question is, has this run too much, too far? Um, with their PE, wow. Okay, here's one for you. So over a thousand candles, if you would have bought this one, you'd make a thousand percent SGML, a thousand percent just buying and holding. That's over, you know, again, thousand candles, 500 trading days, which is around two years. Um, your, your positions within those two years for the algorithm would have been 24. The algorithm performance is only 153%. So if it were me, um, and, and, you know, I were Nostradamus or I could travel back in time, I'd go back and buy this two years ago. Your average win on the algorithm is 16%. So I do like this one to trade. You are in this one at 1508. Currently, it's trading at 1497. So you've bought it 
uh, in the algorithm at a higher uh, higher um, price than than what's currently trading at. Now, what's interesting is your positions. You had twenty, like I said, you had twenty four positions in the algorithm, twelve wins and twelve losses. Your average win was sixteen percent. Your average loss was five percent. Are you upset that you made one hundred and fifty three percent using an algorithm based on this one? Uh, well, not really. You shouldn't be. But when you buy and held, you would have made a thousand percent. So again, remember buying and holding on, on on ones that you believe in. That's a huge thing. Again, take a stance, find something that you believe in, and, and, and invest in it. Uh, lithium. I probably should have invested in lithium, knowing that I'm an EV person. Roshni, I tell you, if you're in the nickel trade and you're you're dealing with some of these um, uh, companies uh, as a diplomat in Indonesia, and and you. It's not insider trading if you have any knowledge of the industry. Insider trading is more of, hey, this company is going to do this and you're told about that and then you have an insider knowledge and then the next day they announce it to the public. That's insider trading. But if you know about the EV space and some engineer tells you, yeah, uh, we're look at, really looking at lithium as the, the next uh, battery kind of you know forward thing. That's not insider trading. The SEC is not going to come after you for that one. Um, so again, uh, SGML, their earnings are coming up on August 4th. That's a catalyst that might be good. Um, you know, again, lithium is considered a commodity. So in the world of um, EVs, it's a precious commodity, but it's still a commodity. You're, let's see, let's look at the 52-week high Um Let's look at Active Trader Pro so I can see this. 52 week high, do, 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 $19.99. You're trading at $15 in pre market. There's nothing. Um, $14.99 is where it closed. Your 52 week high is $19.99. Your 52 week low is $5.30. But that was one year ago. $5.30. It was one year ago, uh, July 27, 2021. So. You're double, well, I'm sorry, you're triple where you were one year ago, 300%. This is a micro cap company. So it does not trade a lot of shares. So I will tell you, um, if I were going into this one and I were buying my normal lots of like 10, 15, $20,000, it would take quite a while for that those orders to fill. I would probably have to do them in separate lots. Um, the 10-day volume on this one is 247,000. 90-day is 422,000. In my mind, you know, again, Friday, you just had this one fall from 1640 down to 14. You don't have confirmation in it right now. I probably wouldn't buy this one until you had confirmation. In my mind, I think you day trade this one. Um, unless you have some type of information about why it's up 300% in the last year. Um, you know, again, a thousand percent in two years, three hundred percent in one year. Uh, that's kind of arc style trading. And in my mind, I don't know enough about the company to tell you that hey, this is a great long term kind of play. Um, when I look at Finviz on this one, um, and I wish there were like a scoring thing. Let me see if let's see. Fidelity sometimes has a scoring thing, it, and I've been told don't always trust it. Um, but Fidelity has an equity score. Um, let me see uh, what their comparison is. Well, um, do you have an analyst and sentiment? <clears throat> 
fundamental analysis. <clears throat> their valuation is a five. They're considered overvalued. Quality is an eight. Growth is 37. Um, Recognita, it's weak within the past two to four, six weeks. Midterm sentiment, weak, six to nine weeks. Long term is neutral, nine to two years, nine weeks to nine months to two years. Um, and again, this is directly from Fidelity. When I look at their comparisons, uh, their top competitors, they really don't have anything. Um, the price performance of SGML is they're considered metal and mining company, 179% over 52 weeks. Um, the industry average, so you know, is minus 16%. Um, they don't have a PE, they're beta 1.64. So this is super, super risky. Um, outstanding shares, 100.7 million. The average industry in the mining industry has 1.3 billion shares out there. So they don't have a lot of information on this one. Um, yeah, I would say trade it. I would say be safe, trade it. it again, this isn't my wheelhouse, Roshni. So I don't want to give you bad information and tell you, hey, trade it. And then all of a sudden next year we come back and, and you're listening to me and say, hey, Gary, look at SGML for me again. And then, you know, it's up 5,000%. Um, particularly... You know, it's kind of like my buddy Clint, who, uh, you know, invested in Tesla, just took all his money, threw it all in Tesla. Um, I didn't have the balls to do it, probably should have done it. Uh, looking back on it, it was the absolute right decision. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I thought Apple was safer than Tesla. But again, Roshni, I am 52 years old. You are taking a advice from a 52-year-old guy. Don't know how old you are. Um, I don't think that you're 52. Um, I would probably take a significant uh, risk and maybe try some of those metal companies since you do have some insight into it. Uh, some of those metal companies, maybe just buy and hold. Again, SGML is a perfect example. Um, buying and holding, even in risky assets, sometimes works and it works well. Should you take your entire portfolio and put it in there? Absolutely freaking not. That's not the right thing to do. If you want to gamble, absolutely. But if you're just looking to do it, throw it out there. Um, okay, so what am I looking at this week? Well, we've got earnings coming up. Tomorrow you got Google and Microsoft. Let's look in the algorithm at Microsoft. We already went over Google. Um, you would be out of it. And again, I'm trading G-O-O-G uh, because that's the one that Google buys back. You've got to take um, take a chance on this one that if you are buying it here, um, I don't think you'd be horrible at buying it at 108 in the long term. I think you're perfectly fine buying it at 108, to be honest with you. Um, when you look at Google and uh, Finviz, G-O-O-G, um, their PE is 16. Their forward PE is 16.75. That's value. This company is still growing. Now, performance year to date, they're down 25%. Um, they don't have a dividend, so you're really counting on the growth on this one. Um, but you know, you're 28% off your 52-week high. You're only 6% above your 52-week low. So, are you going to time it and get back down to that low? I don't know. You know, again, if you believe Snapchat, don't buy Google. But you got their earnings coming up tomorrow. Uh, Microsoft in the algorithm because that's coming off tomorrow too. I own a significant amount of Microsoft. I think Microsoft's my third or fourth biggest holding. Um, and I have held Microsoft. I have not traded Microsoft. I think I've gotten in and out of it. You'd be in at 261.55. You're trading at 260. 
I think Microsoft's going to blow it out of the waters. I don't know that they necessarily kill it on this one because I think they are going to get hit by the currency. The strong dollar is going to hurt them. Their earnings are coming up. Their ex-dividend date is coming up. You've got tons of catalysts on this one. This one, let's look at Microsoft in Finviz. Um, they're 25% uh, off their 52-week high, 7% off their 52-week low. Uh, their 52-week range is 241 to 349. You're trading at 260. Am I, should you time it and wait for 240? No, just buy it. Their forward PE is 24. Their PE is 27. So you're not in value territory with this one. But you're paying for teams. You're paying, paying for everything else. Now, July 19th, 2022, Citigroup reiterated a buy with a price target of 364. Uh, I'm sorry. They went down to 330. You're trading at 260. So 330 is their price target? Please. Qualcomm. Uh, this is one that's coming up on Wednesday with Facebook. Qualcomm. Forward PE 11. I told you guys buy this one with a forward PE of 9. I think it was even down to 4 at one point when it was trading at about 118. This one's at 153. This has been a great, great stock. Now again, I said buy this one at 170. So am I buying at 153? Now I traded this one earlier. Um, I believe I got in you know, about 120, 125, somewhere in that neighborhood. The algorithm got you in at 126. I got out, took my 10%, got out. Their earnings are coming up. Their ex-dividend date is coming up on August 31st. So you have plenty of catalysts on this one. Um, it'll be interesting. Again, I don't know that I'd necessarily play this one into earnings because um, I think they're going to be hit by some of the, uh, some of the strong dollar issues. Uh, Meta. God, forward PE is 12, 12. Um, they are 9% off their 52-week low, 55% off their 52-week high. Now, here's the thing. This is directly tied to Snap. So if you buy this one prior, I bought this one at 320, right before earnings last time, um, back in January. So I'm way down on this one. Small position, um, but I'm way down on this one. I have not pulled the trigger again, but I continue to say anything under 200 on this one is a great buy. Now, am I buying at 169? I'm waiting for earnings. If they come out with anything that is differing from Snapchat, get ready for this one to take off to the races um, because they're going to say it's a Snapchat issue. It's not a social media issue. Uh, maybe, maybe for instance, Snapchat uh, was just far behind because of their tools with advertisers. They thought made advertisers think that they had figured out the uh, the iOS issues. Well, they didn't. Facebook was up front. Facebook was the first one saying, hey, iOS hurt us. That was back in the first quarter where you see a huge gap down. So you've got uh, Qualcomm and Meta. Thursday, you have uh, Apple um, and Amazon. God, those are my one and two holdings, I think. Um, am I buying Apple at 154? No, not prior to earnings. Am I buying a new iPhone 13 Pro this week? Probably. Even before the 14 comes out, I'm making a dumb dumb move there. But I got an iPhone XS, and it's just it's restarting too much for me. Uh, but Apple, let's see on Apple where the algorithm has us. Uh, Apple, you're at 154, up uh, half a percent in pre-market. Um, Apple, you were in at 135, I want to say. 134, 134.79, June 22nd, and you're still in that trade. Um, again, 
134 to 154 on a bellwether like Apple. Amazon, you had the big split. This is their first earnings since the split. Um, you have, uh, you're in at 115, you're trading at 122, 123, 123. You're in at 115. Again, um, this one works. Exxon, we talked about uh, uh, some of the energy play. And if you wanted uh, just a clear 7% dividend, get into Kinder Morgan, um, uh, KMI. If you want growth and you want the opportunity to build and a good dividend along the way, Exxon. Exxon is one. You're in at 86.95. You're trading at 87.83 in pre-market. Chevron, CVX. Um, this is one, again, this is $160, $170 stock. They're coming up on Friday with their earnings. Um, you're in at 135 in the algorithm, 136.93. Um, yeah. So those are Friday's earnings. Uh, I think I gave you guys enough of a talking. I'll be back tomorrow. I'm going to post this one. Let's see. How long did I go? Uh, I don't have my time up here, but I probably went about an hour. So uh, if you have any questions, hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up on Twitter. I am on both. Twitter, I'll probably post some charts today just to make it um, fun. And Roshni Eduardo, I hope you guys liked your uh, your explanations. If you don't, hit me up. Hit me back with your thoughts. If I didn't do a good enough job at looking at it, if I didn't give you enough information, if you wanted different information, just hit me up. I am happy to give you guys whatever you need. And Willie, I hope you're still listening. So if Willie's listening, hit me up too. Talk to you guys later. See you. Have a, have a great Monday.